Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, February 17th, 2023, and this week, Gen Z isn't driving, drivers aren't benefiting, and Lyft isn't winning. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And of course, from Legal Rideshare, I'm joined by the co-founder and lead attorney, Brian Greening. Brian, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Jared. How you doing? Doing good. And you know, um, before we start, I do want to give a heads up for drivers. Uh, we're doing something a little different. We want to hear from you guys. So if you have something you want to tell other drivers, a tip, a story, a warning, you know, let us know. Shoot us an email at help at legalrideshare.com. But we're going to jump right into it. Brian, are you ready? I'm ready to go. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's start out with Monday here. You know, for the longest time, millennials were in the crosshairs of the news, but now it's Gen Z's turn. It says Gen Z has no interest in driving. Now, the Washington Post reported, quote, unlike previous generations, they don't see cars as a ticket to freedom or a crucial life milestone. So in 1997, 43% of 16-year-olds and 62% of 17-year-olds had their driver's license. In 2020, those numbers have fallen to 25% and 45%. The Gen Zers point to many reasons that they are turning their backs on cars. Some, some say anxiety, finances, uh, environmental concern. Um, a lot of them also said they just haven't gotten their license because they're afraid of getting into accidents. So who better to discuss this with than uh, you, Bryant, about accidents <laughs> and, and the Gen Z population? boy kids these days you know <laughs> right <laughs> no it's this is an interesting uh, article that we saw that this study showing that that kids are not rushing to get behind the wheel um i think is good news for the rideshare industry because that's a lot more customers who are going to need uh the rideshare services um you know i think what we're seeing here is just the sharing economy really um you know at full force these kids have grown up with apps like uber and lyft available They've gone on vacation and stayed at Airbnbs, and they see that not everybody needs their own car, that they don't need um, you know, their own vehicle to get from point A to point B. Um, and, and I think this is ultimately a, a good thing. Maybe if there's fewer cars on the road, less traffic, um, you know, better for the environment, and uh, obviously good for the rideshare driver. Absolutely. And I also, the, um, there's been a lot of articles that also really focus on the fact that Gen Z are very conscious of not only just environmental concerns, but also the treatment of the workforce. So if, you know, it's a, this is a great sign for, again, the future of the gig economy, and, and like you said, less cars, uh, better for Uber Lyft drivers, but they're gonna be, they're gonna watch the companies. I mean, they're very, they're very interested in making sure that what they're paying for is being used properly. And so if, if they catch wind that Uber over Lyft really just continues to treat drivers poorly, it's going to affect the bottom line. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. You see this in the products that they buy. You know, they choose companies that have a moral compass and, you know, companies that succeed with Gen Z uh, tend to give back to the community. They tend to, you know, plant a tree with every purchase or, or something along those lines. Um, as you alluded to, if, if there's continued evidence that Uber, Lyft, and the other gig companies are screwing their workers, that's not going to sit well. And other companies may have the, the opportunity to pop up with a better model um, that maybe the younger customer will gravitate towards. Yeah, absolutely. And actually going into Tuesday, we're uh, discussing about drivers and 
benefits. You know, while Uber and Lyft fares skyrocketed, drivers did not see the benefits. Now, this is from Vice. They reported, quote, between February 2019 and April of 2022, the median driver pay increased by 31%, but the fare for the passenger increased by 50%. They found that in February of 2019, the median driver pay per trip was $10.99, but the median passenger fare was $12.22. Uh, Uber and Lyft share profits from each ride increased from 9% in 2019 to 20.7%. Um, but again, showing that drivers aren't getting the benefits. Yeah, we've seen this trend over the years where the passengers pay more and the drivers make less. And it, it doesn't really make sense, um, you know, given the business model that if Uber and Lyft are going to say that they're not a transportation company, they're going to say that, you know, we're just connecting drivers and passengers um, through our app. Well, then the people who are doing the work and, you know, paying the fares, their interests should be aligned. And the more the passenger pays, um, certainly the more the driver should make. I don't think there's any uh, real fight there in terms of where we stand. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's really hard to argument argue argue that, and we've discussed it so many times. And you know, the evidence is always there against the drivers, and very unfortunate. Um, let's head over to Wednesday. Lyft's focus on rides, it turns out, is not paying off. This is from the New York Times. They reported, "quote The company's decision not to deliver food or offer rides outside North America." proved costly as it recovered from the pandemic, which basically gave Uber a firm advantage. Over the last six months, Uber paid drivers an average of 19% less in base pay per hour than Uber. And no surprise, Lyft drivers drove about six hours fewer per month than Uber drivers. Um, You know, they... They're kind of dragging their feet here, and they've been presented with options to improve the driver experience um, and had some talking points, but the company also dragged their feet on responding to the suggestions to help drivers out, and this is uh, from two former senior employees. So interesting that you know Uber said, hey, we're a technology company. Lyft said, hey, we're really for the driver. We're pro-driving, and man, did that backfire. Yeah, this is a classic case of diversification. You know, the market has changed. Uh, people are using these rideshare apps differently than they were years ago. Once the pandemic hit, we saw a clear difference between Uber and Lyft. Uber was providing every service that you could ask for. They were providing uh, transportation in what was seen as a safer uh, mode than, say, getting on you know a public train or bus. You know. The, uh, a little more privacy and uh, security in that way. Um, they were delivering food to your house. Um, they even got into grocery delivery in some markets, whereas Lyft just dug in their heels and continued to stick to driving. I think a lot of customers and a lot of drivers then moved away from Lyft because there was just less opportunity and, and fewer options. Um, and now I think we're seeing the repercussions of that, which is Lyft struggling and Uber in a lot of ways uh, taking control of the market and, and we see their stock rising as a result of it. Yeah, it's actually kind of disappointing to hear that, you know, Lyft is not, uh, you know, um, listening to some of the driver concerns. I, I felt like for a long time, Lyft was really branded as the, hey, we care about drivers. We want them to have a good experience. You know, Uber's just there to make money, but we really want drivers to benefit. And now we're seeing, well, they played it so cautiously and also, 
aren't really responding to the needs that it actually is showing the drivers are saying, fine, if you're not going to help me, then I'll just go with the greedy guy. I'll go with the greedy company because at least I know what to expect. Um, right. And drivers need options is the thing. We've seen so many drivers uh, diversify their portfolios, for lack of a better word. There are very few drivers out there that just do Uber or just do Lyft or just do Grubhub. They're using all the platforms and they're going to gravitate to the ones that give them the most work. Uber right now has so many more opportunities for a driver to make money based on the services that it op- that it offers that I, I'm not really sure why you would uh, use Lyft as, as a primary app. Certainly, you could have it on in the background. You know, you get a ride request, sure, I'll take it. Um, but if you're going to put your, your eggs in one basket, uh, Uber's a better play right now. Yeah, t- totally agree. Um, but we'll see as this develops, of course. You know, things always change. Uh, let's head into Thursday. Uh, Uber rolls out some new safety features in Atlanta. This is from Fox 5 Atlanta. They reported, quote, uh, Uber officials told Fox 5 the company started testing out the audio recording feature back in 2021. We also talked about it back then. Um, Riders can start recording before their driver arrives or in the middle of the ride, while drivers have the ability to record over multiple trips. Um, They also made it clear, quote, nobody has access to the audio recording not even Uber or the person who recorded it. It stays encrypted on the device, and Uber can only listen uh, to this if the rider or driver share the audio recording as part of a safety report. So um, this has been out for a little while, but good to see that it's finally hitting Atlanta. Yeah, I, I really like this safety option. I think it it provides accountability for everybody in the car. We've talked about the importance of dash cameras for drivers, that it's it's really um, you know, the, one of the most important purchases that you can make for the business that you're running, because you are running a business. Um, and it's for safety, it's for evidence, and it's also to deter bad actors. Um, knowing that these recordings exist, I think are going to go a long way towards driver safety and passenger safety alike. People are unlikely to commit bad acts if they know they're likely to get caught. And when there's a recording of what's going on in the car, you know, the chances of of getting uh, caught or reprimanded or arrested, depending on the offense that's being committed, uh, go way up. Um, so th- this is a win. Yeah, totally. I absolutely agree. And yeah, and and um, and we've seen it before, like when dash cams are installed or or when uh, passengers or even drivers sometimes know that that's the situation. I feel like the, it things cool down a bit versus the false accusations, the fights, the assaults, the everything. So um, I, I would like to see this in more cities, but at least it's it's growing slowly, which is good. Yeah, and the, the only thing that I would add to that is, you know, Uber's saying that it's private. I am taking their word that it's private. Um, there are certainly privacy concerns when we talk about people being recorded. Um, and as long as, you know, the, the information that we're being told is accurate, then that um, that puts my mind at ease. And, and I'm okay with it because at the end of the day, you're in a public space. Uh, you shouldn't be really talking about things that are ultra private anyway. So just, you know, be mindful if you're in a car in Atlanta or as this program expands, um, you know, be careful what you talk about in the car because, you know, it is being recorded and, you know, that, that may get out there at some point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes. And you had, you had brought this up many times before, both on the radio on TV on podcasts, it is still technically a public place. So drivers, passengers, keep that in mind. All right, let's head to the end of the week here. Some 
Some interesting news here in, in Minneapolis. There's a new startup, and it's an Uber-like app for short deliveries. Now, this is from Star Tribune. They've reported, quote, entrepreneur John Schuin and his partners launched something called Trunk Drop in January. So similar to Uber, uh, users are able to select the closest or cheapest driver to pick up or drop off items. Um, while it's a benefit to consumers, they also wanted to add sustainable income for people who rely on their cars to make money. And the way they're doing that is uh, Trunk Drop does not uh, plan routes or set rates for the drivers. So this is interesting. The driver actually determines how much they are paid per hour. Um, and then a fraction of the driver's time is also calculated for uh, the price that's total, uh, totally total paid. On top of that, uh, Trunk Drop also performs a background check on every driver. And the driver must be 18 and older with a valid driver's license um, in order to work on the app. Exciting. It's a new player in the market, Brian. Yeah, it, it is exciting. I like more options. Uh, I like this service from a customer perspective. It, we can always use more, more couriers. Uh, you and I know that we've sent things back and forth to each other from the legal rideshare offices. Yeah, that's using, right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's using, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Uber's courier service. Um, but no, th this is good. The, the only concern that I have here is that drivers setting their own fares, that sounds great. And it certainly is a concept. I'm for it. Um, but we've seen when this happens in the past with other companies, it's, it's kind of a race to the bottom where drivers end up competing with each other, setting their fares lower and lower and lower. Um, and then all of a sudden they're not making enough money to cover expenses. So um, I like the idea. I like giving drivers an opportunity to make more money. Um, but I would just caution any drivers that are thinking about doing this: don't rush to to take a fare, um, you know, at a cost that doesn't make sense for you. You know, be conscious of what it costs for you to pick up that fare, deliver it, uh, gas, wear and tear, you, you know, whatever other expenses you have. Um, keep all that in mind. The other thing too that you just made me think of after, and you're right about the race to the bottom is. And hopefully they have a plan for this, but the issue with bots as well, um, it's a real, it was a real problem with Instacart where basically, you know, they, they have a, a, a software system that basically grabs every um, delivery or request and then, you know, they only pluck the ones they want, but it, it causes a huge backlog. People don't get what they want. Uh, you know, other gig workers aren't getting work. So yeah, these are things to keep in mind. Um, the race to the bottom is certainly a concern and yeah, people trying to mess up the system you know it only takes one to ruin it for everyone else uh, as you know yeah, we've seen these these companies come and go and a, a lot of times why they don't make it is because of a couple bad actors and um you know drivers who are not really thinking through um the economics of you know what they're doing and what they're earning so um i'll just say it again we we love more players in the space we love opportunities for drivers to earn money um, but, you know, buyer beware and, and just be cautious of, of what you're signing up for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and last note here um, before I uh, toss over to you, Brian, just again, a heads up, drivers, gig workers, even passengers. You know, we want to hear from you. So if you have anything that you want to tell us or to tell drivers, uh, tips, stories, precautions, um, just let us know. Shoot us an email at help at legalrideshare.com and we'll feature it on this podcast. You know, we get a lot of emails, so we can't guarantee it, but um, I think it's important that uh, our viewers get our voices heard. Uh, and now, of course, I'm going to toss it over to you, Bryant, before we sign off. Yeah, before we say goodbye, I'd just like to remind everybody that Legal Rideshare is here. If you're ever 
in an accident or have any sort of injury claim uh, relating to your work as a gig worker. Um, you know, we help drivers collect money for lost wages. We help them pay for their medical bills uh, associated with accident and injury claims, pain and suffering. You can always email us at help at legalrideshare.com. Um, and, uh, you know, please don't hesitate. Consultations are always free. Excellent. Thank you, Brian, as always. And as I like to say, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.